What up, bra? What's up, C Rose? How you doing, dude? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? You look great. Oh, well, I already got my 45 minutes of cardio in. You know, so I feel good. Off to a good start. Had to get that going. Watch the Ryder Cup while it was happening. Are you a Ryder Cup guy or not? No, I mean, I'll watch it. I just, I haven't. And I don't miss it if I miss it. You know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. I love it. It's one of my favorite sporting events. And I don't watch golf anymore, but I, I, I love it. It's okay. Who, who are you rooting for? Did you just ask me who I'm rooting for between the Americans and Europe? I'm just curious. That'd be the red, white, and blue. USA. Yes. USA. Yes. There you go. Way to get your chance on. Looks like an amazing sporting event. Anyway, let's get to it. It is the Friday edition of baseball today. I want to welcome everybody to the discussion. And yes, a Red Sox-Yankees series that has... What the hell are you drinking? Keep going. Don't worry about me. No, no. You put put that cup back up here. Would you steal that from your daughter's teacup set? It's an espresso cup. Come on, dude. Really? Sometimes I like a nice little pick-me-up. Anyway, we have a Red Sox-Yankees regular season finale series that actually means something. Boston up two on New York, up two and a half uh, on the Blue Jays. And don't forget about the Mariners. They're just two games out of the wild card chase. But let's focus on the big series in Boston this weekend. You got Garrett Cole on the mound. Will New York creep closer or fall further back after this weekend? I think it all depends on tonight, Chris. Um you got Cole versus Eovaldi. Tomorrow's full pension Piv, Nestor Cortez. Then we got the lefties going on Sunday. Mm -hmm. My brain is thinking split those Saturday-Sunday games. Tonight is what matters. And here's – I was going to give it to Cole until I went and looked. In Boston this year, he hasn't done very well. Nope. Eovaldi versus the Yankees in Boston. It's done really well. So if Eovaldi shows up tonight, then – the Red Sox are going to be expanding their lead. Uh, so my gut told me Cole, but the numbers say Eovaldi. I'm going to go with the numbers here. I think the Red Sox expand their lead, and they're going to have that home team uh, wild card game or home game wild card game. Uh, this is why you pay Garrett Cole $324 million. Mm -hmm. This is it. Okay. I mean, this is why we sign you to set the tone for a weekend series. I, I haven't wavered off of this philosophy. I think the first game of a three-game series heading into the weekend is huge. Totally sets the tone. Garrett Cole has a chance to put his stamp on this rivalry. He, this is his first shot at it. It doesn't mean that he can't add to it. I mean, he's got another seven years after this, after this season is over on that contract. But this is his first, and he knows it, too. He knows that this is it. He wants the ball in this sort of situation. And, yes, I agree with you that whoever wins tonight wins the series. That's why I like the Red Sox. I think they end up with a three-game lead when we're back at work on Monday. And I just, you know, I don't think personally we've talked enough about the Red Sox. I think they've done a remarkable job, uh, not only, you know, building a nice lead at some point, then they hit a dip, then they had that massive COVID situation. Mm -hmm. It was really the biggest scene we had seen all year out of all the 30 teams that had to deal with COVID. You know, they were popping guys every day and big name guys. And somehow they weathered that storm. And here they are with 10 days to go. And it feels like they've got a decent shot at hosting that wild card game. 
I think they have a good shot at it, you know. But the thing we have to remember is they did come out very, very hot against the Yankees this year. I think they won seven of the first yep. the first seven games. And mm -hmm. since then, uh, the Yankees have won six, and they've won three. So yep. it's going to be a dogfight tonight. And you're right, dude. This is why you pay Garrett Cole. I think we've said that so much this season. <laughs> like, yeah, stop. But, but this is it. Well, this is it. He stopped the bleeding on some losing streaks. Big games in New York. But this one right here, this is – this is by far the biggest game in a Yankee uniform for him so far, right? Yes. Yeah. By Love the way, it. I did not – somebody put in the chat uh, that you forgot about the Yankees outbreak. I didn't forget about the Yankees outbreak. I'm just telling you the Boston one, in my opinion, was more severe. We don't have to go count cases and all this sort of stuff. I'm just telling you that my feeling was the Red Sox in a real time of need. It felt like every hour they were putting guys on the COVID list. I'm not trying to minimize what the Yankees went through. That's not my point here. By the way, Garrett Cole this year, one and two in ERA over five in three starts against Boston. All right, let's move from the Red Sox to the White Sox, who became the first team to clinch a division. Yesterday, they celebrated a division crown for the first time since 2008. And uh, ever since the Yerman Mercedes dust-up, things have been very quiet on the south side. Are you surprised that in the return of Tony La Russa that they've gone this smooth? Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, I think one of the reasons is they really haven't had any competition in the AL Central, so they've been able to kind of just have smooth sailing, if you will. And I think Tony realized early on, after the Yermin Mercedes thing, he's like, if I just, like, sit back and let my good team play the game and I'm just mm -hmm. kind of here, if things are going to work out. You know, we talk all – at least I talk all the time. Managers' jobs have – a lot of the responsibility has gone away from them. You know, a lot of it's front office, a lot of it's just analytics, bringing down the lineup and all that good stuff. I think Tony probably resented that or resisted that at the beginning. He wanted to put a stamp on the team. And then I think he realized, like, what I need to do for the team is get out of their way. These guys are so damn good. Let's get uh -huh. healthy. Let's go. Um, but the White Sox have been nothing short of impressive this year. I can't wait to see him in the postseason because I do want to see him really get challenged. Right, um, But it was really cool to see all of them celebrating last night. Giolito doing his damn thing. I love watching that, man. So kudos to the White Sox. They really did it. And Tony La Russa, you know, what can you say? That he, got, he won the division. Yeah. And, and it's in part because there's not one other winning team in the division. They've just kind of – they haven't had to do anything basically since the end of May. They really haven't. They haven't been pushed by one team. You know the White Sox in the second half are 500. They're 32 mm -hmm. and 32. And they haven't been, they haven't sweated it out once. Not once. So, you know, we get on managerial moves every second of October baseball. Every second. Mm -hmm. So this is where Tony LaRusso is either going to shine or we're all going to go, get that old man out of here. It's going to be one of those two things. And he knows that it's coming. He probably values it and appreciates it because he's been through those. And he's probably excited to show that he's not an old man there at the end of the bench, you know, that's lost his touch. I hope he really – like, I mean, I know he's been doing this because that's, this is what managers do, but you've really got to rely on your coaching staff during the postseason, making all these decisions. It shouldn't be just Tony La Russa on an island. Everyone's got to come together on these in-game decisions. He really needs to rely on those guys. End of the day, nobody's talking about what the bench coach whispered in his ear or what the front office game plan was going into this thing. There's one guy answering questions at the end of playoff games, whether you like it or not, 
that's the guy we point to in a good or a negative way. That's simple. How far do the White Sox go, Chris? Well, by the way, it's not even guaranteed they're going to play Houston in the first round. Have you noticed that, that Tampa slid back a little bit and Houston's been charging and they mm -hmm. still have a series left? Mm -hmm. So it could be the White Sox and the Rays. Um, who, whether it's Tampa or Houston, that team will be the favorite. And, my, and in my opinion, by a decent amount. I, I don't like it when teams just waltz through five months of a season. I don't like it. I know we say that, but they're, like, they're stacked, dude. They have real they deal players on that team. Their, their roster alone, I don't know if there's a better roster in the AL. That's fine. But out of, between Tampa, Houston, Chicago, they have the least number of proven postseason players. Sure. Okay. Be fun. I can't wait. Let's move on. Uh, L.A. at Arizona, San Francisco at Colorado. Giants up one in the National League West. Do we have a tie atop the division with one week to go when we resume on Monday? I hope so. I mean, I was hoping there'd be some crazy splits between these two teams, but the Dodgers have won, what, 14 and two against Arizona, and the Giants went 12 and four against Colorado, including going into Colorado, which they're doing, and they swept them. Yep. So it seems to me like this is like both teams are going to win the series either two games to one, or they all they might just sweep the series again. I don't. I hope it's tied. You know I want to see a game 163. I'm, yeah. I'm still terrified for the Giants. that They're going to be leading this entire time, and the, and the Dodgers are going to sneak in and steal it at the end. Uh, I'm actually trying to get tickets to that last series, the Milwaukee series in L.A. Should we go? Me and you? I can't go on Sunday. but Saturday. Yeah. I mean, why not? Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Possibility. It's a possibility. Okay. I will we'll say this. Offline. To answer your um, question – Yes. No. I think the Giants maintain their lead. Do, by the way, whenever you look off screen, do you have somebody that's giving you answers, holding cue cards? I'm just curious. I have my computer right here. Okay. That's, that's what I thought. I didn't know if you were conferring with your bench coach before you <laughs> wanted to give me a final answer. Smart man um, does. I think we have a tie because I think, you, I think the Dodgers either sweep or win two of three. By the way, Colorado, I want to give Bud Black and his team credit. Really, they seem like a mess early in the year. And then when the Trevor Story and John Gray trades didn't go down, you're like, what the hell are they doing? They've actually played really, really good baseball. And there's only one team in the National League that has more wins than the Rockies at home, and that's the L.A. Dodgers. So this is not an easy series. Gabe Kapler probably is – why are you rolling your eyes? Don't roll your eyes. I didn't roll my eyes. Yeah, you give me one of these. Really? You don't – you think this is an easy series for the Giants? I do. For the Giants. I For other teams, sure, Colorado's a daunting place. The Giants hey, don't. It, it wasn't an easy series for the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers. have to take two or three. Giants are different than the Dodgers, man. They've had, they can win games so many different ways. Not that, the, not that the Dodgers can't do that either. But like I said, mm -hmm. they already went into Colorado and swept them. They're not scared of playing in Colorado. I know, I know. But I'm just saying that the Rockies have played significantly better since that sweep. They went on that road trip. Uh, I think they went 7-2 and two through, like, Philly and Atlanta and Washington or something. They're, all I'm saying is they're playing better baseball. For people who are like, well, they swept them five weeks ago. I don't give a shit. The team has changed five, five weeks. 
Tell me if after, if after this weekend the Giants sweep the series, then I'll raise my hand on Monday and say I was completely wrong. But if it is a difficult series for the Giants, even if they end up winning two out of three, that's all I'm saying is that it'll be a more of a challenge. And no team that's in a race wants to play in Colorado over the weekend because your pitchers walk out of there and you're like, what the hell just happened to us? Dodgers have to sweep to have it tied on Monday. And they could. Okay. All right. I'm wearing my Washington Nationals lid today because I want to talk about Juan Soto. Shame on us for not bringing him up enough. But isn't it possible he wins the MVP? I mean, if you look at, like, a lot of the statistics, yes. I mean, he is leading in a lot of very meaningful categories. And even you go break it down a little deeper, go into the data. Like, a lot of the, the new age offensive uh, categories, he's leading in those too. But the problem is, you go on Vegas websites, Harper is like minus 220. Soto is plus 1,000. Yeah, which, they, which means you ought to put some dough on it. What do they know that we don't know here? Like, I know Harper's been doing it, you know, in front of everybody in a playoff race. I get that. But, like, it's almost – I mean, it's not more impressive. It's equally as impressive as what Soto's doing with nobody around him. He's got a 470 on base percentage. Last year, 490. Let's throw the COVID season out of here. The last time anybody had a 470 on base percentage through a full regular season, Chipper Jones in 2008. Wow. 470 is wow. like an all-time, like, you know, like it's one of those seasons. You're like, holy shit, you got on base 47% of the time. That's that's high school numbers, dude. I know. So we should be talking about Juan more. I don't understand why the Vegas odds are like that, but it's got um, not only Harper, but it's got Tatis ahead of him as well. Mm -hmm. Harper leading the way like crazy, and Soto a distant third, which is very surprising to me. So, yeah, if you wanted to sprinkle a little something, just a little something – on Soto, I wouldn't be mad at you. Well, he's going to lose the uh, – and I know that it's only the Baseball Writers of America that, that cast votes, uh, that have MVP votes. But at the same time, you do get star bias, right? You do. Like if it's down between those three guys, meaning Harper, Tatis, and Soto. I mean, Soto should be in the same boat as Tatis. They're both going to be watching the playoffs, 100%. It ain't happening for San Diego. So we know that. And people could say, well, look at all the numbers that Tatis has done while missing all those games. I'm sorry. I want my MVP playing 155 games. I don't want him playing 123. So, yeah, it kind of sucks. And it would be amazing because Tatis probably would have hit 50 homers and we would have been enamored with that. But he didn't. I can't play the what-if game in my, with my MVP. The people who are telling me in the chat that they're pitching around him, that's why his OBP is so high – Okay, if they were pitching to him, he's also leading the league in batting average. His numbers would be exponentially better if they were actually pitching to him. He still almost has 30 homers. He's, he's at 90-something RBIs. Like, this dude is 22 years old. Chris, when a, when a high-level prospect makes his debut at 22, we're like, oh, that's awesome. He got to the show really early. Like, let's see what he can do. Juan Soto is a top – Maybe the best hitter in baseball at yes. 22. You got it. Best hitter. He's going to be a $500 million man. I ain't going to be mad about it. I love watching him play. I love his swag. I have no idea how he hits with his right foot turned in toward his left foot. It's an amazing stance that he's got going. By the way, if you just want to crunch some numbers in the NL, first and on base, first and walks, 
first in batting average. So for all you people who are like, well, he's pitching around him. Well, when he does swing the bat, he's doing pretty damn well. First in average with runners in scoring position. Second in OPS at over one dot. Uh, second in F4. Second in WOBA. Second in weighted runs created plus, And second in runs scored. That sure as hell sounds like an MVP to me in a year where you don't have a definitive pull-away guy. Can I just give Juan Soto some advice? Yes. I think he should probably stop stealing. He's, he's got nine stolen bases, seven caught stealing. Let's just slow the roll a little bit. That's, gonna, that's good. Somebody just put in the chat, uh, 34 Southpaw, what about Riley? Why no Atlanta love? He and Freddie Freeman have virtually exactly the same numbers, and I think that if there's a vote today, they would probably finish fourth and fifth respectively. I don't know who would finish fourth and who would finish fifth. It does just because we don't think that somebody's the MVP doesn't mean you're disrespecting them. Like you I would only have one first place vote to hand out, okay? I can't I'm not gonna split it ten ways. Not one of those guys who's like, well, I could vote it this way or that way. And it doesn't mean I hate your player and it doesn't mean I'm disrespecting him. It means that I think Juan Soto is having a better year than those two guys and I'll I'll go to the top of the mountain and say that. Doesn't mean that Austin Riley is He's done a remarkable job, an amazing job, an unbelievable job. But the fact that you've got three other guys in an infield that are, might each hit 30 home runs means that's a hell of a job by your entire team. Dude, Austin Riley has earned himself so much money this year. Totally. Like pr prior to this year, what, I mean, he was a 750 OPS, 716 OPS. You know, he's 24 now. He's still young. But, you know, if he goes out and puts another seven OPS out there, team, the team be like, okay, he's an average player. You know, we can get him $5 million a year, yep. $6, $7 million year, a million a year. You go out and put over a nine, like now you put yourself in that, you know, $15 million a year category. This guy is doing it. I'm so happy for him. Yeah. All right, last thing. Uh, Dodgers played dress up uh, for the entire team. Giants did an amazing <clears throat> one with Brandon Belt having all the rookies behind him where he was the captain doing the salute at the stairs of the plane. Hilarious stuff. I mean, great pictures. The Dodgers starting rotation was like a biker gang. Yeah. To see Clayton Kershaw out there sleeveless was one to behold. Was there a, was there a team dress up or something that you loved back in the day? Yeah. First I want to say Scherzer like looked like he actually could be in the sons of anarchy, like the eyes, the bandana, everything was yeah. so good right there. <clears throat> I, we, I was part of the era where, like, you, it wasn't about being fun anymore. Like, rookie dress-up was, like, they were making – they wanted you to feel the pain. So you can't get away with that stuff nowadays. I remember they put Danny Valencia in, like, the Borat, like, sling oh, the, bikini. The onesie? The uh, – the, uh... Yeah, the, I mean, like, this much of his body was covered up by the bikini. And then, you know, we always do it in New York. So they stop the bus and they make you walk the rest of the way to the to the hotel. I was like oh. an old grandma when he pulled the thing off, like saggy boobs, the whole thing. Like they wanted to embarrass you back in the day. That doesn't fly anymore. But no, it doesn't. The Dodgers no, were I'm awesome. Yeah, cool. You know what? I like this one much better, by the way. I love what the Giants did. They weren't hazing their rookie. One of the vets on the team ends up being the captain. Of this. Like, I love that. I think that was really good. Uh, best dress-up I ever did. We used to dress up every Halloween on Best Damn. And they made me look exactly like Brett Michaels. I, I remember I that. You. Yeah, I showed you that photo. It's, it's a good one. <laughs>
was a good one. What are you going to be this year? You know, it, it's a good question. Uh, you know, Brady's too old. He turned 16 this weekend. My baby boy turned 16, which yeah. is hard to believe. So it's not like – but our neighborhood is huge trick-or-treatsville. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. I'll probably just throw candy at kids. Okay. okay. Maybe I'll dress up as you. You should. I'll, go, I'll walk around with my little espresso cup. So, Unbelievable, man! Get some, get cultured. Get you, get you an espresso cup. Look at these people on here. I know it's actually kind of cool. I'm, I'm with you. I just thought at first glance, I thought it was your daughter's teacup. I really did. <clears throat> I, yeah, I wish it was full. It's empty now. What do you have uh, coming up on John Boy? Going out with the boys, talking baseball Friday app recap app. We have the uh, simulation stimulation with BBD at the end of the show, which is always a favorite of the fans. Um, and then the weekends here, man. I got baseball practice today. We got soccer, baseball Saturday, football Sunday. What about nice. you? Well, uh, I got to get going because in eight minutes, speaking of MVP type guys. I'm going one-on-one -on -one with Sal. Sal. What? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll share with him. Yeah. One of the best bobbleheads ever. So he'll enjoy that. Um, Please give him my love. Go. Please give him my love. Yeah. I mean, who, do, who doesn't like Salvador Perez? It, he's amazing. Pitchers who pitch against him. Yeah, sure. I, I suppose you could fall in that category. But he's just, that, that episode will be out on Monday. And want to thank their outstanding communications director, Mike Swanson, who is retiring after 40 years in the game. So he's been a, a world champion in several places, including with the Kansas City Royals. One of the real, real good guys in this sport. And he, uh, he hooked it up. So he's actually going to walk to Salvi's room. They're on the road. I forget if they're in Detroit or where they are today. He's going to walk to the room, put the computer down, let us go do our thing for a half hour. So that'll be out on Monday. I'm excited about it. Every time I would go up to the plate and say, Sal, I'm going to steal base on you today. And he would just laugh at me. That's I did funny. once. I did once. You got one on him? Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Everybody have a great sports weekend. I can't wait to talk about it on Monday. Be safe out there. And a early happy birthday to my, my boy, Brady Rose, who turns 16 on Sunday. And a special shout-out to my man, Kevin Mollar, who turns 50 years old today. Ooh. So if you want to go – yeah, if you want to go tweet at him and give him a little shout, I'll be doing a post after I'm done with the Salvi. Uh, he's, you know. I mean, knowing him, he's got to throw a massive 50th birthday party, right? You know, they had a little something out at their ranch for the locals, but I got to check in with Gina with his wife to see what they're doing. I don't, I don't know if it's – Crazy if he's just playing golf and hanging out with family tonight. So All right. who knows? We'll see. All right, Thank bro. You guys.